General Secretary of uh, the National Union of Mine Workers, William Mabapa, says the unions have reached consensus with ESCOM on some matters uh, with regards to the wage negotiations. However, there are some issues that remain unresolved and require further further consideration. Now, the NUM and the, Nas the National Union of uh, Metal Workers of South Africa, NUMSA, met yesterday with ESCOM's leadership in Santon, north of Johannesburg, to discuss wages and a resolution to the illegal strike that has resulted in increased levels of load shedding. But I do have uh, Professor Sweeling, uh, who is with us uh, um, on the line as well. Professor Mark Sweeling, co-director at the Center for Complex Systems in Transition at uh, the Stellenbosch University. And it's uh, great to speak to you this morning. Um, we, we will, of course, as, as I've mentioned, uh, try and get uh, just the, the latest on, on where these negotiations are. However, though, many South Africans are saying, hang on a second, right? Yes, workers um, have every right to, to demand better wages, demand better conditions, but, but the impact of it is, is, is too massive at the, at the point at which uh, it's, it's already risking an economy that's already on its knees. What, what is your view on the, the conversation, the discussions, and also the nature at which these negotiations have been taking place? Uh, good morning. Well, I mean, it's very common for trade unions uh, to initiate industrial action to secure concessions uh, for their members when they perceive the employer to be in a weak position. Uh, the, the difference in this particular case is striking and, and bringing production to an end uh, in this particular case has massive consequences for the whole country. And I think one of the reasons why they are being uh, forced to call their workers back to work and to reach some kind of settlement is not just more favorable uh, offers on the table, but also the negative reaction from the South African public saying you know, exactly what you've just said. You know, how dare you make things worse? So that's, I think, the situation that we have now, because we also need to understand that it's not the strike that caused this. Mm. What the strike has done is revealed how vulnerable we are. We're already in a in a bad situation, right, regarding just energy supply in, in the country it, itself. Is it fair, and we may have heard some of the comments as well, um, from 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 uh, listeners to say you have you have unions here, you have workers who are taking advantage of what is already a a, a bad situation. I mean, is is there is there an argument to be to be made there, or as you say, it's it's revealing what what was already a a broken system. It's just now we we have a even a, a better sense of how bad things are there. Yeah, I mean, the, we've had load shedding since two thousand and eight. In 2019, we hit, we hit stage six. This is the second time we've hit stage six, and I suspect that we will start hitting it more often because load shedding is going to be with us for at least the next three years, uh, you know, through to 2025. And, and that is going to have, you know, every time we hit, for example, stage four, we're losing a billion rand a day. And so... Uh, communities, workers are being seriously negative, negatively affected. Put that in the context of rising food and fuel prices because of the Ukraine-Russia conflict. Mm. And, you know, the rank-and-file members of, of all unions and, and, and ordinary members in poor communities are getting very 
very desperate. And so, so what we have, you know, without electricity, with continued load shedding, uh, we, the, the economic situation is just getting much, much worse. But mm -hmm. as I said, mm -hmm. this goes back to 2008. We've had load shedding for, you know, nearly 15, decade and a half. Mm -hmm. From a systems perspective, Prof, what what should be happening here, right? I mean, this is this is it's not as as a shop. It, it's a behemoth of a of an institution, right? Mm. Very complex, um, and under severe pressure. It's also yes. a a a hot political potato as well, right? So yes. a number of dynamics at play at any given point. And anybody who claims there's a simple simple solution to this, I think, is 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 not being honest with us. But from a systems point of view. What 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 sh should be happening? What what is already happening, and and I suppose how do we on the receiving end, and we feel very powerless. Excuse the pun in in watching all of it all of it play out. Yeah, well, I wish a lot more people understood it uh, in that way as a, as a complex system under enormous pressure, and there isn't a, there isn't a silver bullet. Um, one of what, what what we do need to realize as South Africans is that yes, we expect ESCOM to keep the lights on, but ESCOM is not allowed to build new power stations or to commission procure directly new solar and wind power generation. That is up to government, and it's the slow pace of government efforts to put new generation capacity onto the grid that has led to the current situation. So ESCOM at the same time has got very old power stations that it has to keep running. And old power stations are like an old car. You drive them and you expect them to break down at any moment, but you don't quite know when. And when they mm. do, you, 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 you have to call somebody to, to, to pull the car into the garage to get fixed. But you don't know when it's going to happen. So there's very, very high levels of uncertainty about which power station is going to trip when. Mm. Uh, and you put that on top of normal planned maintenance because you have to do that with power stations. And you do have pretty much a, a perfect storm. Then add to that the legacy of state capture, add to that uh, sabotage, uh, which is absolutely clear is happening. Uh, you, you really have a nightmarish uh, situation. Mm -hmm. And imagine mm -hmm. being an ESCOM manager waking up in the morning not knowing exactly what's going to happen to your machines. Mm. Mm, yeah, I, I want to bring in the uh, national spokesperson of the National Union of uh, Mine Workers, Lewani Mamburu, um, is is joining me now on the line. Lewani, thank you for for your time. Welcome to, to to the weekend view. Please give us an update on where things stand as per the 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 uh, negotiations yesterday. Can you give us the latest? Was an agreement reached? Uh, we can confirm with you that um, there was a special central bargaining forum yesterday at Cedar Woods in Woodmead, uh, where ESCOM presented a new offer um, uh, of, of 7% across the board. And also um, they have reversed their decision on, uh, on, the, on, on the conditions of uh, services. This was a deal breaker where our members indicated that if ESCOM does not reverse the decision that they took to unilaterally change the conditions of services. They were not going to sign a wage agreement. So we are happy that ESCOM has done that. They also gave us um, a housing allowance uh, of 400. So those are some of the key issues that they have agreed uh, yesterday. 
And have workers accepted the, the offer that has been tabled? As we speak from last night, we are busy consulting with the, also our members until uh, Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday in the morning, we are having a joint um, uh, job short council with NOMSA, where we'll be getting uh, feedback or demand it from our members. After the job short council, we will be reporting back to the central bargaining forum uh, 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 to, to ESCOM. Are there other issues that are outstanding at this point uh, or was it just that the conditions of services and then obviously the the percentage uh, the seven percent that has now been tabled now there were other issues that escom uh, did not agree with us um the issue the key issue of um, income differentials or uh, apartheid wage gap they we did not uh, they did not agree with us, uh, but we felt that uh, they had agreed with some of the key issues that we wanted, and that is why we are taking this offer to our members. Um, we are positive that something will will happen. Was it necessary, Alibuani, uh, to hold the country at ransom as as? Uh as the wage act, or as the strike action did, the, the impact of of the load shedding, as has been the case since we've been on this journey, um, it has been devastating. And to and for for it to have gotten to the point of of stage six, the impact it's had has been devastating. Just as as as, as a union, uh, did you reflect on that on the impact that that has had on the country? And ESCOM, you know, we we did not put the country into ransom, um, but ESCOM must 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 be aware of some of the decisions that it takes that it angers members. Uh, do you know that uh, the 2021 wage negotiations remains unresolved, while we are in 2022 wage negotiations, and that is totally unacceptable. That is what some of the things that have angered members. Imagine. You go into 2022 wage negotiations while the 2021 wage negotiations remains unresolved because ESCOM walks, uh, walked out of the wage negotiation last year. They did the same thing uh, this year where they declared a dispute, uh, uh, and we had to persuade them to come back uh, to the negotiating table. That is why there's this deal uh, on the table that we are taking to our members uh, with, 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 uh, with, a, with an attempt to try and normalize the situation around the power station. It was our initiative as the NUM and NUMSA to do that. Because we, we, the, the issue is the issue of 21 wage negotiation. That angered our members, that ESCOM is doing the same thing of declaring the dispute and just walked out. Mm. So you're saying uh, it's, it's ESCOM, it's the employer that, that's at fault here, not workers? No, yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a good example of, of 2021 wage negotiations. That remains unresolved, even though there's a, there's a good offer that we are taking to our members. We still have to deal with the issue of 2021 wage negotiations that, that are at the arbitration level, as we speak. Mm-hmm. All right. At, at this point, uh, Lebuani, is is it... Is it a case of uh, things kind of going back to normal now, workers going back to normal, and, and maybe not even going back to normal and putting in perhaps uh, more more time uh, given the, the amount of uh, work lost just over the last couple of days? Come again, what's your question? 
I'm, I'm asking in, in what does it now mean for workers going going back to work and can we expect uh, more time being put in uh, given given the amount of time that that has been lost of work over the last couple of days we expect uh, the situation to get normalized since I have, I've said that uh, since last night we are cons consulting our members uh, about the new offer. We expect uh, things to be normalized and, and back to normal uh, after this offer by, by ESCO. Lebwani Mamburu, thank you for your time, National Spokesperson of NUM. Uh, uh, Prof, let me get a parting shot from you um, as well, just your, your own thoughts from comments there from the National Spokesperson. Well, I mean, it, it just really confirms uh, exactly what I said. In industrial relations, uh, trade unions will always, it's a, it's a power relationship between organized workers and the employer. And like in any power relationship, whether it's a marriage, uh, whether it's a university, whether it's whatever it is, uh, the, the subordinate party will judge when the, other, when the, when the, the, the dominant party is weak. And that's mm -hmm. what happened here. Uh, ESCOM has been severely weakened, and they, they they have grievances. They are angry. The economic situation is getting worse for their for their families and for their for their communities, and so they took advantage of that week. week. That doesn't justify it. It's mm -hmm. an explanation that we need to understand, and and it's up to every South African to judge whether this was fair or not. And the unions clearly. Uh, as we've just heard, say, well, ESCOM is to blame for, for what happened. They, sh they should have anticipated that taking a hard stand mm. uh, is going to result in industrial action, and that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Last one, Prof. Is there is there a, a, an opportunity here for for those who play in the alternative um, energy space uh, to to come in and play a bigger role? Can they? We know for you know there's there's still a cap on on how much um, independent power producers can can generate, right? I mean, but if enough of them are doing that, um, it can be game changing. Are we still very far away from that? Where that in fact could be the solution we need, as opposed to kind of depending on on uh, uh, this, this this entity here that. Has, has been failing us for the longest time? The factual situation is that if we had not procured uh, 6.2 gigawatts of renewable energy since 2010, load shedding would be much more serious now. And, and that's an absolute fact. So what we need is new generation onto the, onto the grid as quickly as possible. The only way to put new generation capacity onto the grid as quickly as possible is with wind and solar because those plants take uh, can take t 24 months if you really drive it hard if you want gas it's going to take longer if you want coal it's going to take 10 years if you want nuclear it's going to take 15 years we don't have 10 and 15 years we have two years to end load shedding and that should be the goal for the whole nation there should be a target a date in two years time set by the president that says we will end load shedding on this day. Let's all pull together. Let's make it happen. And that means we put solar panels on our rooftops. Mm. Uh, it means we support uh, a massive rollout of renewable energies uh, through the, the, the procurement program. We, the big mining companies, big shopping centers, et cetera, put solar. And in that way, we will achieve the target of 10,000 megawatts of new generation capacity mm -hmm. in 24 months and 5,000 megawatts of storage capacity. If we achieve that, we can bring load shedding to an end, but it means all pulling together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Prof. Mark Swilling there. That's where we'll leave it. Thank you for your time. Co-director at the Center for Complex Systems in Transition at Stellenbosch University. Thank you for your time.